Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 262, and we are going to take a look at what is called coffee wastewater. So this is in regards to how coffee is made. Basically, the coffee beans that you purchase at the store, there is a process that they go through before the consumer can purchase them. So needless to say, this is going to very much be an eye-opener, and it might surprise you. Uh, but before we dive in, let me give a big shout-out to my listeners, because as usual, we love to see you guys here. So a big shout-out to Virginia, Oklahoma, California, New York, Texas, Pennsylvania, British Columbia, Florida, Illinois, Oregon, Georgia, West Virginia, Indiana, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Ohio, Minnesota, Washington, Alabama, Arizona, Nebraska, Colorado, Utah, Mississippi, District of Columbia, Tennessee, Kansas, Louisiana, Rhode Island, Nevada, let's see here, North Carolina, New Mexico, Maryland, Iowa, Michigan, Alberta, New Hampshire, New Brunswick, Ontario, Connecticut, let's see, Wisconsin, Hawaii, Manitoba, Newfoundland and Labrador. In terms of countries, Singapore, the United States, Canada, the Russian Federation, the United Kingdom, the Netherlands, Australia, Niger, India, South Africa, Slovakia, Denmark, Japan, the Federated States of Micronesia, good to see you guys, Uzbekistan, Bangladesh, the Philippines, China, Hong Kong, and Lithuania. Awesome, good to see you. Okay, that's a new one for this. Lithuania, good to see you guys. Okay. So if you would like to subscribe, we do have a subscription service. Do click on the link that is in the description and you will get more access to so many other things. And so that is a good thing to have. So let's go ahead and take a look here at the coffee wastewater topic here. So we're going to dive into this. And again, this is a form of pollution. So I'm not a fan of pollution, but sometimes pollution happens whether you like it or not, which I'm guessing you don't like it because I don't like it either. But this is basically what happens as part of the process of making coffee and coffee beans, not necessarily coffee grounds, but it's pre that basically. And most of this contamination and pollution occurs outside of the United States. And I'm not surprised by this. Like when I was reading about it, and the process that takes place in order to produce this product and I'm thinking okay where do most of our coffee beans come from from not always very good countries and because it's not always very good countries first of all they don't have a very good economy number 2 they don't have very good labor laws number 3 they don't have necessarily safe working environments so being that those factors are there what makes you think they're actually going to care about you know making sure you don't pollute the environment Like if they're not going to guard and protect or care about their employees, why would they care about the environment? So just FYI, be aware of that because this is an issue. But coffee wastewater, also known as coffee effluent, um is a byproduct of coffee processing. Its treatment and disposal is an important environmental consideration for coffee processing as wastewater is a form of industrial water pollution. Now notice it is industrial water pollution. So that it's not just regular pollution. So meaning when it's talking about that it's meaning that this is part of the I would say the industrial world like where they make it. So this is like I don't mean this negatively but it's basically a business is producing this wastewater. It's not the consumer doing this. It's the actual businesses that are making these products and typically these are overseas. where most of this pollution is taking place not surprising there 
It says the unpicked fruit of the coffee tree, known as the coffee cherry, undergoes a long process to make it ready for consumption. This process often entails use of large quantities of water and the production of considerable amounts of solid and liquid waste. Not surprising there, not by any means, because think about how many coffee beans are in each pound of coffee. You know, like for example, if you go to Starbucks or you go to Target or Walmart, you know, wherever you purchase your coffee, I personally prefer, I think it's called the coffee beanery. That franchise or that uh, coffee shop, I think is way better than Starbucks, but Starbucks kind of shooed them out of the way. But coffee beanery, we love you guys very much. We think your products are so much better than Starbucks for sure. But anyway, uh just think about how many beans are in each coffee bag. Just think about how much is produced. That's why there's so much coffee wastewater. It's because of that. But there is a proper way to handle that wastewater, and it's not always done correctly because a lot of this processing occurs overseas. Not surprising there. It says the coffee cherries are dried immediately after they are harvested through sun drying, solar drying, or artificial drying. And basically, Three different ways of drying those is basically because what season is it? If it's winter, then they are going to need basically artificial drying because they don't have the sun. Whereas in the summer, they can dry a whole bunch of of these. So it's it's not as big an issue, but that's why there is a difference with those. This is not going to be a super long podcast, but I thought it was important to talk about this because I was kind of shocked. Cuz every so often I get a cup of coffee. I usually try and do uh, decaf. But you know every once in a while I look at you know basically where are these coffee beans or grounds coming from and I think oh okay most of it's coming from overseas and from other countries other continents it never dawned on me that there was a pollution problem never dawned on me until I saw this until I was researching the EPA and all the different types of waste that affect our environment so again the United States is not the culprit with this one in fact the United States is not even the biggest polluter <laughs> so it's kind of like Whenever you have these environmentalists or these crazy liberal nutbags that are shaming and blaming the United States, I have to laugh. I'm like, "Okay, if you really care about pollution, why don't you go after the biggest polluters, India and China?" So, no surprise there, but a lot of people do not call them out on it and it's really stupid. Um, but in regards to how they process these, there there are different types of processes for washing these. And so, they they kind of have a semi-wash and a fully wash. in regards to how they clean this product. So, after they depulp it, the beans are collected in fermentation tanks where bacterial removal of I think it's called the mucilage takes place over 12 to 36 hours. It's basically the outside layer, so they kind of have to strip it of that and they want to make sure that it doesn't grow bacteria because that can be contamination. And if there's contamination, there can easily be cross-contamination and it ruins your entire crop. So, FYI, be aware of that. The fermentation phase is important in the development of the coffee of the flavor or so the flavor of the coffee which is particularly due to the microbiological processes that take place. The emergence of yeast and molds in acidic water can lead to off flavors like sour coffee or onion flavor. I have I have often wondered about that because every once in a while I will get a bad cup of coffee and it, it tastes like onions and I'm like I I just thought okay did someone brew this and you know where they're near onions or something are they making an onion sandwich i just thought that was weird i knew nothing that that was an actual problem with the coffee cuz i i'm not a big connoisseur of coffee so i am very ignorant so i learned something new and if ever something doesn't taste right do what i do throw it out spit it out 
you know, whatever you need to do to protect yourself. It says when fermentation is complete, the beans are washed thoroughly to remove fermentation residues and any remaining mucilage. If not removed, these cause a discoloration of the parchment and make the beans susceptible to yeast. After washing, the beans are dried. And so that's where you have that different type of drying process, whether it's out in the sun or if it's uh solar or artificial. But you want to make sure they're completely dried because of bacteria and things of that nature and also mold. In terms of water, there's so much water that is used to wash these. It's really kind of shocking. It says the amount of water used in processing depends strongly on the type of processing. Um wet fully washed processing of the coffee cherries requires the most fresh water, dry processing the least. Sources indicate a wide range in water use. So it kind of depends on the company where is located and also their access to water. That's another thing. If they don't have the ability to do a full wash, then they're going to do a partial or dry. So it's just it's just different. But needs to say there is pollution associated with this. So that is definitely a concern because then it makes you wonder what are they doing with the wastewater? A lot of them are not disposing of it properly. So that's where it becomes a problem. Big problem. It says recycling of water in the depulping process can drastically reduce the amount needed. That is very true, but that's if they actually do it. So I'm looking at the list of countries here. So I'm going to list off countries and let you know what type of process they use. So and it will kind of tell you to me it was a big red flag of like who the biggest polluter is. And this should not be shocking. This should not be new, but this does happen. So India, they're on here a couple times. So India uses semi-washed and wet processing. Wet process uh, I can't even say it. Wet processing is where they use the most amount of water. but they're not always disposing of it properly because it's kind of like you have to decontaminate that that water especially if you want to reuse it. So that that is definitely an issue. Like India is not known for being a safe or sanitary place to produce products or even to live there. So but yet unfortunately we have a lot of drug companies that claim to be um American, you know, pharmaceutical companies but yet they produce and manufacture their drugs in dirty countries like India and they don't have safe sanitary conditions even within their factories for producing generic drugs it has even gotten the attention of the of the senate so there have actually been congressional hearings about this and that's really sad because you know if anything the united states we very much want to do business with other countries but not at the risk of jeopardizing our health and safety but just FYI be aware of that so the next country on the list is kenya They use uh fully washed and they do reuse their water. I'm not really sure how clean that's going to be because it's Kenya. Then you have Colombia. Their process is fully washed and then environmental processing, but who knows how good that's going to be. They supposedly have a new process that's called be coal sub. So it's basically a a way to be more trying to think how how do they describe it? More ecologically sound, but then again, it's Colombia. Like Colombia is not really known for being a sanitary country. I mean, it's better than India and Kenya, but I mean, again, this is over, you know, this is in, a, in another country. And because a lot of these processes are taking place in other countries, we have no way of regulating this. All we're doing is purchasing their goods, and we're just hoping and praying that they're not um 
immigrating bad stuff into or importing I should say well immigrating and importing bad things into the United States but who knows uh next country is Papua New Guinea they do fully washed and they recycle uh, the use of water I don't know much about that country at all I can't say whether it's dirty or clean then you have Vietnam is listed twice so Vietnam has semi wet and fully washed and then they have traditional and fully washed uh they're listed twice but it needs to say whenever you see fully washed that term means they use a whole bunch of water a whole bunch of water but yet you can't really reuse it in exactly the same way it, it's not something that it's not like you can reuse that water and it you know be used in your garden or it cannot be used as drinking water that's the thing so this is why you have to be careful about water that is polluted it's it's not always completely reusable just because something is recyclable does not necessarily mean it is reusable especially for consumption. Uh again India is listed they have traditional and then fully washed again using a lot of water but not disposing of it properly. Then you have Brazil they have semi-washed and mechanical um they call it mechanical demucilage. So that that means that they have a basically a machine that that strips strips those products of their their outer coating. And so it helps to I guess you could say limit bacterial growth as much as possible so it's more mechanical so it's more industrialized. So Brazil um Brazil is very lucrative in terms of uh exporting and importing beef because they have a lot of farms over there come to find out. But I don't know much about their coffee industry. I do know they make a lot of money in the beef industry. um also the tourism and hospitality industry but I think the the beef industry I think supersedes that if I'm wrong I will correct myself later when I find out but anyway Brazil I'm not I'm not saying they're a dirty country cuz I think they're pretty clean again I've never visited them before I've never heard anything bad about sanitation over there I think that whenever you travel to another country you need to be careful about what you eat and drink anyway but I've never heard anything bad about Brazil Next on the list is Mexico, not a very clean or um legally just country. It's a dirty country, it's very immoral and it's being um basically being taken over and run by drug cartels, but that's the fault of the government and that's the fault of their president. So, no shock there, but um uh, Mexico, their manufacturers, they do semi-washed and also mechanical demucilage. So they do have some industrialization there, but I doubt that it is as clean as Brazil. cuz Mexico tends to be pretty dirty even though Mexico is a beautiful country absolutely beautiful some of the people there are so kind so sweet but in terms of their economy it's not always that great in terms of the the products that they produce not always that good you know think about Nabisco we've talked about Nabisco in times at uh, times past Nabisco used to be an american company used to be um the the i would say the quality of their goods especially oreos and ritz crackers and things like that have drastically gone down in terms of quality because they moved a lot of their processing plants for baked goods to mexico and so i noticed immediately that something wasn't right with the oreos that that was the first tip off i was like none of these taste right like i was like okay maybe it's just a bad batch No, the whole thing was bad. So I started looking up Nabisco. I was like, "What's cuz I was going to send a complaint." I was like, "Hey, something's not right with your Oreos and they're not making me feel very good. Like something doesn't taste right and my skin was reacting." 
And I was like, this is not good. As it's not like I was eating them every day, not like massive quantities because I'm I'm not a big sweets eater anyway, but I just thought it was odd. Because your body tells you, hey, something's wrong with this product. Something's wrong with this good. Something's wrong with this food. You know, if you have a allergic reaction to something, or if your body just doesn't feel right after you eat something, that is a big red flag. And so, what I learned about Nabisco and some other um, food manufacturers, especially ones that are supposedly American companies, they sold out for for the money. It's for greed. They sold out to these other firms. and they basically just produce all these products down in Mexico and now they're using uh genetically modified ingredients which i think is horrible to do to your body i think that's very cruel um but needs to say i don't hardly ever eat oreos like i've got to be desperate for an oreo in order for me to eat one because i know how bad they are now but anyway uh mexico um i'm not a big fan of their uh basically their businesses because they don't have the same work environment as America like they don't have the same regulations it, it means not as dirty as India or China in terms of their manufacturing but it's it's getting pretty close like the more corrupt Mexico uh, Mexico gets excuse me the the worse their products get so that always concerns me there and the last two listed on here is Nicaragua Um the first little slot here it says they do traditional and fully washed. Again, Nicaragua, uh, they're not known for being a clean country. They're known for being I don't know if they are corrupt as Mexico, but they are not like they're not always considered a fully developed country. It's nothing like the United States. And so I have no doubt that whenever they're doing the fully washed that they're using a lot of water but they're probably not de- uh, decontaminating like they're supposed to especially whenever they have that water it's like okay are they putting that water back into the streams like like that's what I'm talking about like a lot of these countries that don't have the same rules laws and regulations as the as the United States they don't know and they don't care to properly dispose of things in the way that you should so then it creates pollution even more because they're they don't um properly dispose of basically the pollution that they already have. So then Nicaragua is listed twice, it's listed again, it's listed as fully washed and then reuse of water. And again, it's like how are they going to reuse this stuff if they really don't know how to properly dispose of it? That's kind of been one of the biggest issues with some of these countries that they they just don't get it. It's like they want the money. They they want the labor, they want the jobs, but it's not good labor and it's not good work because they're actually doing more harm than good that that is a big problem and that's why we have we have an issue with so much pollution taking place in these different countries and again india is is the one of the biggest culprits india and china in terms of pollution and, and sadly india is listed um on this list twice so that's not always a good thing to have that there uh, but it says here water used in processing coffee leaves uh sorry excuse me water used in processing coffee leaves the coffee processing unit with high levels of pollution not surprising there the main component is organic matter stemming from depulping and mucilage removal again that that outer layer okay that's where the bacteria can live and breed so that that's not a good thing uh, the majority of organic material in the wastewater is highly resistant and cod values meaning the amount of oxygen required to stabilize organic matter by using a strong oxidant make up about make up about 80% of the pollution load so that is not a good thing there so here's the thing 
If you have like basically 80%, 80% of a pollution load and this is taking place in another country where they do not have the rules, laws, and regulations in place to really be able to handle that, then that 80% is going to be a whole lot more than what you think. Like it's going to be a bigger problem than the problem that it already is, is what I'm saying, because they, they really can't handle this kind of process. Again, they want the money, they want the job. you know they want the labor but they don't really have what it takes to be able to do the best kind of work and that's really sad um but moving on it says coffee wastewater is not a constant flow of water with uniform loadings of contamination the processing of coffee cherries is a batch process and regarding um water flows two processes can be determined basically the depulping and the fermentation washing but here's the thing because there are two processes that that means you're going to be using twice as much water and there's going to be twice as much contamination twice as much pollution especially if they are not uh, disposing of it properly so needs to say it's it's not an easy process to make and produce coffee and coffee beans but what is sad is that you do have coffee wastewater and unfortunately a lot of this is occurring in other countries and i'm not saying that i want this to happen here in the united states not by any means but i do think that excuse me whenever we have try to think of the best way to describe this whenever we implement rules laws and regulations that are from the united states and we say hey if you're going to sell this product in the united states you have to do things the right way It's kind of like, you know, I wish with Apple that they would stop using slave labor in China. But here's the thing, how many people do you know that will refuse to buy an iPhone or that will refuse to buy a brand new Mac? Here's the thing, you know, it's, you know, the powers of the people always has been, always will be, but here's the thing, the consumer has to be willing to do the right thing. Like how many people do you know that are willing to go without their coffee just so that some random company in a far off country will get the hint and do the right thing and change their labor practices when it's already a a different type of slave labor like india has slave labor like india is not this great enlightened country that you think it is and i know we talk about india a lot on this podcast but there's a reason why india has a lot of problems And a lot of people don't want to address it because like, oh, we just need to be inclusive and tolerant and not not speak up, not say it like it is. I'm like, you know what? That, I just got to say, you know what? Like that does not help our economy, that does not help our country, and also it doesn't help other people in other countries that are being suppressed and being oppressed. Like if we don't talk about these things, if we don't say it like it is, and, and if we don't shine a light in the darkness, How can these different societies and different cultures how can they actually get better? And here's another thing, there's so many people from India, they don't think there's anything wrong with how they think, act, speak or or where they're from or how things operate in India. I'm like, well, if India is so great, why don't you go back and live there? Why don't you go back and participate in the caste system or or even better, why don't you go back and stop the caste system? But see, here's the thing, in order to stop the caste system, you would have to stop the the hindu so-called religion because the caste system is a result of the hindu religion i'm not going to call it a faith because it's pagan the hindu religion part of its i guess theology and its history is that it sets up four or five different groups within society 
And whatever group you are put into based on that religion, you are permanently stuck there. Like for example, if your family cleans toilets, and let's say you're born into that family, you can never move up to the middle class. You can never move up to the upper class. Never. You are permanently a toilet scrubber for the rest of your life because it's deemed as this is what their god, they actually have many gods I think or something, but this is what their religion says that you have to do. So here's the thing, that is what is called a theocracy. Theocracies, you know, they they are evil for a reason because they suppress people based on religion. Basically, you have no freedom to have a great life. Like you have no freedom to be as as successful as you want to be. Someone else determines your future. Someone else determines your livelihood. Someone else that you don't even know determines where you live, possibly who you marry, and guess what? No shocker here, in India they have arranged marriages. And here's the thing, women don't get to pick their spouses. The men pick who they want. Just imagine how disgusting that is. Like if you're a woman, you have no say in who you have sex with. No say. Unless you go against your family and your culture and you leave the village, leave the continent, you have no say over that. You are used as a sex object, but yet they glorified all oh, the arranged marriage. It's so wonderful. Really for who? Oh, it's for the man so he can get laid. It's not for the woman. And then here's another thing. The woman, she is typically forced into an arranged marriage, although they fool you into, oh, it's just this beautiful Bollywood situation. No, it's not. It's pagan. It's a human rights violation. It sucks. I mean, it's like legalized rape, basically, is what these arranged marriages are. And then the woman gets pregnant, and get this. If the woman, if she gives birth to a daughter, they blame the woman, even though it's the man's sperm that determines the sex of the baby. So over in India, we've talked about this before, in India, the murder of female babies and forced abortions of female children um that has had to be made extremely illegal because there was an industry taking place in India, and this is fairly recent. where they actually had to outlaw and ban uh, or ban sex determination ultrasounds because so many families were using the ultrasound technology to determine the sex of the baby because if it was a girl they were going to abort it and sometimes they were forcing these mothers to abort their daughters this is sick this is what has been happening so here's the thing if you have a pagan religion that is basically your theocracy within your country and it is the foundation of your culture and your society no wonder there are human rights violations no wonder there is pollution no wonder there there are these issues it's ridiculous is absolutely ridiculous so this is why i'm not surprised that india again is one of the top polluters and here's the thing even when dealing with coffee but yet here's the thing i have no doubt starbucks and other coffee companies that just love to pander to these other countries they love to pat themselves on the back and say oh we we help villages overseas we help all these poor people we we provide them with jobs by purchasing their coffee oh so you do you realize that when you do that you you are also enabling them to pollute the environment but yet starbucks and these other companies are like oh you know we are environmentalists like i remember years ago when starbucks they stupidly changed their coffee cup or whatever 
or, or their Christmas design on their cups. Oh, my gosh, they just made a plain red cup. And we joked about it because we call it the commie cup. I was like, okay, so Starbucks has gotten rid of Rudolph, Santa, Jesus, um, you know, the three wise men. I mean, now it's just the dumb men that work at this company. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So Starbucks claimed that they were trying to help the environment. by not producing these real cute Christmas coffee cups like they usually do. Like they, they changed their type of coffee cup uh, based on the seasons. And so, you know, Starbucks was saying, oh, we are, you know, join us in protecting the environment. Really, that, that is so hypocritical when they are getting their coffee beans from a corrupt country that pollutes, and that country is India. That's one of them. And then the other one is Nicaragua. But I don't think Nicaragua is, is as corrupt as India, and I don't think it, it pollutes as much. But still, it's a problem. But I just think you know, that is the hypocrisy of these woke companies. And I hate that word woke. It's so ghetto, so trashy. But these companies that... pretend to care and they love to you know, pat themselves on the back as a do-gooder it's like okay i i get that you want to look like you're helping the planet but if you really want to help the planet then stop purchasing your coffee beans from corrupt countries corrupt companies that pollute the planet and also slave labor is very much involved in that you know what's interesting is that Starbucks they used to have on their website this is a while ago they had some kind of disclaimer oh gosh they love to brag about how they're they're for human rights and you know we are fighting human trafficking obviously they're not helping to fight slavery because they get so many of their coffee goods from India and from Nicaragua Nicaragua excuse me hard to say cuz my mouth is dry but they're getting their products from these from these countries that practice different types of slavery It's typically from countries that have a theocracy that authorizes it, and Hinduism is a big problem. I mean, if people didn't practice Hinduism, they wouldn't have the caste system. They would truly have a democracy. Hinduism, folks, is a cult. It's it is oh, you know, I remember meeting some guys in college Uh, that were from India and they practiced Hinduism and man it's like they had a god for everything a god for money a god for food although cows are sacred right i'm like you're making something sacred that doesn't have a soul like how dumb is that just eat a hamburger and shut up like i'm just like really you know it's interesting is that they would come over here to the united states being super religious oh yes oh yes we are religious you americans are not really uh how do you like that cheeseburger you're eating how religious are you you know what i mean like they cave in all the time they're eating steaks they're eating shrimp they're eating all this stuff and it's like wow um not a holy vegan are you but anyway so needs to say there there is a way to handle these things and i think the number one way to handle this in regards to this pollution is to not purchase goods from these countries that pollute especially india and again i've met some wonderful people from india over the years and i'm sure there are some very beautiful places to visit in india but you know what they've got some serious problems and they commit a lot of human rights uh, basically human rights violations like we cannot ignore that i mean i don't get how people can just sweep that under the rug but yet claim oh i'm a do gooder i care about the environment i care about human rights i'm against human trafficking you know i believe in safe working conditions really you know what goods are you buying Who are you doing business with? 
What stocks are you buying on, on the on basically on Wall Street? Like seriously, like these things matter. I mean, it's kind of like when Target went went extremely gay, um, and then the uh, kids department with some of the homosexual clothes there, the clothes that were there, it was so disgusting and appalling. But it's just kind of like you know, people actually stood up against Target and said, "Hey, you cannot sexualize our kids like this. This is so sick." Oh, and they had a They hired a demonic, um, a, a what's it called? Was he a Satan worshiper? I'm trying to remember what he what he is. I think he's a Satan worshiper. He's a fashion designer, and they hired him to make all these T-shirts and clothing for children. Wow, demonic much? I, you know, I was so glad to see parents get pissed off about that. Excuse my language. I was so glad to see them get mad about that because it's like, okay, when are you actually going to stand up to these demonic companies that are doing hideous things and they're just targeting your children like they're sexualizing them? Like I came across a video. This is probably a couple months ago. I came across a video where there was all these homosexual men singing. In unison on a Zoom call, and they show all their different um, faces or whatever, and they sing this song and they say we're coming for your children, but they make it seem all happy. It's like wow, they have never spoken a truer sentence in all of their life. They've been coming for your children for years, folks. They have been trying to lower the age of consent for years. Especially here in the United States, this goes back, I think, to like ten, uh, basically to like the 1950s. At least, like legislation-wise, they've been trying to lower the age of consent at least since the 1950s. Homosexual men, I would say homosexuals in general, whether they're men or women, their their thinking has been off for a long time because of the lifestyle that they participate in. But it's like, okay. If if you pander to these people, then you are actually enabling them, and you are you're basically giving them permission to use you as a doormat, and also you're, you're making your kids basically fresh bait. Is that really what you want to do? I don't think so. But here's the thing: if you continue to buy these goods, and if you continue to purchase things from these companies that that are just not good companies and have completely gone off the rails, then basically you're saying, oh, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I kind of disagree with it, but I really want my coffee, and I just really love to to shop at Target because it's just like where cool people shop, and it, it's not dirty like other places. And I just really like the brands there, and yeah, that's why I shop there. Yeah, that's how some of these morons talk that shop there. It's usually these stupid women that embrace the homosexual community and their culture and it's like do you not have any idea that these homosexual men they would love nothing more than to get their hands on on your husband that is their plan and also to sexualize your children especially if they are little boys you know i find to be very interesting and i'll close with this i always find it odd whenever people are anti-catholic church and you know they You know they get angry at the priesthood, but but then they're okay for drag queens, these hideous, sexually disturbing men, perform these sexualized shows in front of children, and sometimes on top of children at libraries and at schools. And it's like okay, you hypocrite! Like how can you say 
that you know you are against homosexuals being priests in the Catholic Church or any church, but yet you're okay with gays getting married, you're okay with them adopting children, you're okay with them, uh, you know, basically reenacting the sex act in front of children. Like that—that that is a sexual deviant. That is a pervert. Why? Because it is a perversion, meaning it's not normal sexual activity. Like it, it's not normal. And used to, not too long ago, it wasn't legal. You know, I don't understand. I don't understand how we can be okay with you know, all these drag queen shows and this sexualization of minors when we have people that that are in jail, serving jail sentences for sex crimes against minors, and then when they get out of jail, they are on the registered sex offenders list. It's like, okay, how can we have these people go to jail and serve that punishment, do that time, but yet we have all these people outside of jail? that are very sexually disturbed and they're perverts, they're pedophiles, but yet they can just do whatever they want and in public and at libraries and at schools. Like do you see the hypocrisy there? It's kind of like okay, if if you really have morals and values and if you have integrity, then you cannot go along with things that are basically extremely wrong or even just kind of wrong. There's so many things that you have to stand up against. Meaning you can't lay down or sit down and just be passive. You know, you, you cannot practice inclusiveness with people that are sexually disturbed or just perverted. You can't. Cuz I mean basically you give them an inch, they go a full-blown mile. I mean and, and even worse. And we're seeing that. And you know what's sad to me is that there's so many women that are like, "Yeah, it's okay." And then these young teachers, "Oh, yeah, it's okay. Kids need to be taught about condoms when they're when they're 5 years old." No, they don't. They haven't even hit puberty. And back in the day, if an adult talked about sexual things to a child, to a minor, they were arrested. <laughs> they were arrested. Now it's considered normal. Man, if ever someone talks like that to my children, oh man, they're going to get a punch. They're going to get my fist in their face is what's going to happen and I will call the police and I will press charges. You know what I don't get is when parents like, "Oh, well, you know, our children, um they just need to express themselves." Really sexually? You have to be kidding me. Like I thought we were for human rights and I thought we were against human trafficking. Because typically, you know, when you're against human trafficking, you're against the sexualization of women and children. And unfortunately right now, I never thought this stuff would happen in the United States, but there are so many people that they just don't see anything wrong with with what the liberal left is doing and here's the thing the left you know democrats they used to not be so sexualized and so disturbed and so perverted but i feel like because the liberals and the and the progressives have taken over the democratic party i feel like that's where a lot of this is coming from and you know if you are a blue blood and you are a democrat and you are old school democrat which you know by today's standards you would be considered a moderate please take back your party please i'm saying this as a republican capitalist 
Um, your party has been hijacked by some really disturbed people that are for aborting anything and everything, even even killing babies right outside the womb. I mean, it's just unbelievably sick. I think it's it's eugenics has run amok and it's really sad, it's really disturbing and it's really sick. So if anything, I really wish that Democrats would take their their party back. Take it away from these commies, from these socialists, from these progressives because you know that is not the American way. Not by any means. You know, what's interesting is that people used to escape human trafficking by coming to the United States and now we we kind of have legalized it, especially for minors. So I think it's very hypocritical for us to claim to be, you know, that that shining light on a hill so to speak. And yet, um our morals and values are just falling apart because we are embracing a very evil doctrine, a very bad agenda that does not build America up, it tears it apart. And I think that is a tremendous problem. So I'm hoping that you guys vote Republican, um especially for presidency because I mean, have you seen gas prices? Have you seen the stock market? Like have you seen this stuff? You know what's really sad to me is whenever gas prices go really high but yet stock uh, stock market goes down and people start losing a lot of money. That saddens me because the less money you make, basically the less fuel you can buy to put in your car. for you to go to and from work or if you you know need to go to the hospital you know what i mean like it, all of this stuff has an effect so please vote republican please do so because some of these policies are just so strange like i never thought that that we would have so much extremeness in washington dc i mean dc's been a swamp for years but it it's never been infested with with crocodiles um in the form of politicians it's it's never it's never been um a really bad swamp it's always kind of been murky um but i think it's gotten way worse and so i think this is what happens whenever you elect a puppet for president and unfortunately biden he's just a brainless useless puppet and i think that's really sad because i think back in the day Uh, I mean he was never really a good politician but I think he had more sense because he hadn't had I think he's had like two brain aneurysms. So I mean here he is shaking hands with invisible uh, invisible people and and pretending that there's something on the floor when he trips. I'm just like, you know, that's really sad because people that are that old there should be dignity and I feel like his party is just using him because they are. And I think they I think they're just using him as a puppet and I think that's really sad. And so needs to say, you know, you need to remember that whoever is president, they appoint a lot of people and sometimes these are lifetime appointments. So if you have a puppet that is your president, who's really picking these people for nominees and for appointments? Like that's that's a big concern for me. Um but anyway, I will go ahead and end it there. Um but do subscribe, do check it out and we will load more uh, material there. And I think you will truly love being a a subscriber but as usual until next time I pray that you're happy healthy and whole that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye.
atmosphere Hang on every word Yet no one hears us speak So it's only left to ask It's changed to quite a task From the smallest depths Waves transform the earth Don't let this world go down without a 